Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer web radio show brought to you by Calm Bach Feeds. My name is Andy Schneider, but most know me as the Chicken Whisperer, author of the Chicken Whisperer's Guide to Keeping Chickens, author of Chicken Factor, Chicken Poop, currently working on the third book, Waste-Free Chicken Keeping, (laughs) National Spokesperson for the USDA Biosecurity for Birds program, and your host today with Backyard Poultry radio show. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in today. We're going to get right into it because we've got a lot of information to share and I've got 15 baby chicks headed this way. I'll get into that in a minute. So again, thank you very much for tuning in today. We've got the chat room open, which we haven't done in quite some time. We occasionally open that chat room up for you guys. So um, it is open. If you're there at Blog Talk Radio, just scroll down the page a little bit and you'll be able to see the uh, the chat room. Lisa may be joining us in here a little. Art Rock may be joining us. East Dallas Dave and uh, a lot of the gang may be joining us in the chat room. So thank you very much for tuning in today. So what do we got going on here at the farm? Well, I was on pins and needles for a while. Uh, because I got my tracking number for my 15 slower-growing red broilers from Ideal Poultry, and they were supposed to arrive today, and I waited, and I called the post office, and they said, nope, not yet, Uh, express mail hadn't arrived yet, and then I'm sitting in my easy chair taking a break after lunch, and lo and behold, I get a text that says, delayed till tomorrow, and I said, oh, not not, not now, Uh uh-uh. It's about the it's heads are gonna roll. <laughs> so um I went and looked and truly tracked it on the computer and uh it arrived there at one fifteen this afternoon, uh the fifteen chicks. So the reason why it, it designated not delivery till tomorrow is because all the trucks are out and the computer only knows that it's a package. They don't know it's live chicks and that they're gonna call and have us pick them up. So all is good. Uh, the wife and the kids have just left, and uh, they're headed over to the post office to get those baby chicks right now. And when I get back, we're going to do a Facebook Live, just like we did with the broilers, uh, the Cornish Cross, and we're going to be showing you putting them in this awesome GQF uh, Universal Brooder Box. And so if you're, if, you're just, if you're tuning in and you're not sure what this is all about, we're doing, I personally think, the next big push, the next big quote-unquote thing in the backyard poultry movement is going to be small-scale meat bird production. Um, and I'm talking like having a totally separate designated coop that holds about eight or ten birds. And they're going to be their broilers. They're not going to be pets. They're not going to name them. 
And yes, people are actually really seriously looking into doing this in their in their backyards. They already have their pet chickens. They're laying birds. They're already named. They're already putting them in sweaters. They're already giving them too many treats. They're all but. A ton of them are seeing the benefit of providing for their family fresh food source, and and I hear it all the time. Oh, I could never do that. That's just I don't think I could. Eh, I'm so attached to my girls. But those same people, guess what? Now they're getting into meat bird production, small scale in their backyard because they want to provide the chicken for their family right in their backyard because they see the benefit of doing that. So what we're doing, what we started, um, we started out with the fast-growing Cornish cross meat birds, um, and we got them sent to us from Cackle Hatchery. We raised them out for eight weeks. We could have processed at seven, but Dr. McRae was coming from Auburn, and she, we were going to do classes and do 4-H and the homeschoolers and all that and video it. So we waited an extra week, which is fine. Didn't lose any birds. Uh, they weren't really classified as a broiler at that point. They were a roaster because they were about six and a half to even eight pounds um, for those, and, and it, it worked out fabulous. Now what we're doing is we're doing the second project, which is a slower-growing uh, meat bird, which is the red broilers from Ideal Poultry out in Cameron, Texas. They're providing the birds for us. I think we're going to get 15. And they were putting them in the brooder at about between three and four weeks. They'll go right out to the meat bird coop in the front pasture, and they'll raise them out to, we'll just say, um, 11 to, um, okay, why did my computer just go away? Hello? Great. Um, and we'll raise them out to 12 um, 11 or 12 weeks, that's what we're looking at. I think the official literature, give me just a second here. The computer just went away on me with my switchboard and all my commercials and all that. So so we're going to be doing that. And we're not, you know, last the first time we wait every single day. We did a brooder check-in every single day. I don't think we're going to do that with these. We might. We may just do a couple of times a week, three times a week. We'll just see what my schedule's like. But we're definitely going to, again, uh, document this through video, through our Facebook Lives. We're still going to do contests every week. Um, like we did before with all of our great sponsors. And then you're going to see. So then after this is done, we process these red broilers. We let the poop rest a couple of weeks. We clean it out. We disinfect it, oxygen, the whole nine yards. And then we're going to get a dual-purpose bird, like a Australorp or maybe a Buckeye. And then we're going to go through the same thing. We're going to raise them out. And we'll say, okay, our goal here is 20 weeks or 16 weeks or whatever it is. And we're going to – so you can see firsthand fast-growing meat bird, any kind of negatives whatsoever, feed conversion, uh, poop, consumption, water, all, all that stuff. Um, and then we'll do the slower growing, and you can see all about that. And then we'll do the, the dual purpose. You can decide, because what else is there to see? And we'll get them all that. So uh, you'll have all that information at your fingertips. And we, I mean, I've gotten so many incredible comments about that. So that's awesome news that I wanted to share with you guys. So you'll be able to follow us on Facebook and follow through this entire process um, again. Christmas Chick, hello. Thanks for joining us in the chat room. I knew you would be there. Um, now, what other good news is? Well, I'm getting 50, not 30, not 40, 50 more Bovins Brown pullets delivered from Westwood Farms. Maybe next week, if not next week, the following week. They had a couple of short weeks. I mean, they, they ship out tens of thousands of these every single week because it's a commercial bird, it's a commercial hatchery, and you know if you've been listening and following us on Facebook that we've made a special arrangement with them at Westwood Farms to, um, uh, to special order for you guys 
listeners and fans of the Chicken Whisperer. Uh, minimum order is 25, though. I mean, <laughs> give them, you know, hey, they're shipping out tens of thousands, and they're stopping to take care of you guys, us, okay, the Chicken Whisperer fans. 25 is the minimum order. You want 12? Okay, find someone else that wants 12 and just order the chicks. It's that simple. Back in the day, before all these little fly bum, you know, three order three chicks, order three chicks, just for three – it was 25, let me tell you. No, that's, that was the minimum. So I think that's very reasonable for a commercial hatchery. I think that if you order 25, they're 350 a piece. If you, you get a price break if you order 50 or more at 325 a piece. And if you order 100 or more, then they're $3 a piece. And that doesn't include shipping. And that's Westwood Far- Westwind, Westwind Farms in Ovid, O-V-I-D, Ovid, New York. And that's where I got my Isa Browns way back in 2008. And I've had a relationship with them ever since. So if you're interested in these Bovins Brown, which is a commercial bird, an incredible later, you know, ours late started laying between 16 and 17 weeks. And we were getting, I just sold uh, eight dozen uh, yesterday. I delivered them. And they are, we got eggs coming out of our ears. So 50 Bovins Browns now coming in either next week or the following week. And we'll put them in the brooder as well. And uh, because I just, I want so many more of those. And um, I got to get, I got, I got to, Potential coop sponsor, I think that that wants to do something, and I don't know. They might send me one of their coops to I don't know. So that's where the I got a few weeks before they're ready to go to the coop, right? Bovins Brown. So I got a few weeks to try to to figure out what I'm going to do there. But anyway, um, Bovins Browns are coming in again. Westwind Farms up in Ovid, New York. Give them a call. Uh, look them up and uh, get you some Bovins Brown as as well telling you, back in 2008, we got the ISA Browns. Some of you say ISA Browns. Some of you call them ISA Browns. When I was at the IPPE that year, maybe it was the year after that, I met and sat down at the same table and interviewed live on this show. That was maybe nine years ago. Um, The geneticist, I guess you would call, the the developer of that that, um, ISA Brown from Belgium, and it was uh, it was one of the highlights of, that I've ever had. It was fabulous. And um, so now the Bovins Brown basically kicking the ice the Bovins Brown kicking the ice Brown to the curb. Ice Browns now has been <laughs> because of the new genetics and this new breed of the, the Bovins Brown. And so I'm really anxious to see what what would, what do we want to see with this now? Same thing we wanted to see with the ice Brown outside of a commercial setting in a small backyard setting with, you know, 10, I think we've got 10 hens and one rooster in this back coop in the back pasture. Um, and um, why does this thing keep timing out on me? Um, crazy computer. Um, let get back up here because I saw Dr. McCray went into the, uh, she's in the call center, so I need to bring her live here. There we go. There's no reason for that. Um is to see, you know, are they going to how, – how, what's their performance going to be like after two years in a backyard setting versus maybe a commercial setting? And does that make a difference based on their genetic makeup um, or, is, or is, is the geography of where they're at in maybe cages in a commercial setting or maybe in a pasture-raised setting or a free-range setting uh, or in a backyard setting, does that setting change – their genetic makeup is, and they're going to start slowing down at two years because that's when a lot of times these uh, egg producers just, okay, we need new birds. So I, I really want to find that out. And guess what? That means you're going to find out as well. Um, sometimes I feel like when I go, I told you this before, when I go through the gate here at the driveway, I feel like I should put on a lab coat 
And uh, that, um, yes, I am imitation Dr. McRae. <laughs> this is how we do so much stuff here, which is so cool. Um, I got a new product that we're going to be using. It hasn't come to market yet with these uh, meat birds that's coming. It's a, it is a powder base. You add it to their water, and I'm going to be using that from today when we put them in the brooder uh, throughout uh, through, throughout their life. Maybe in December December via Amazon. Maybe first of the year in in stores. Um, we'll we'll see if we like it and if I see any difference using it or or whatnot. I've got this thing out in the back coop as well with the bovins that, that's also not – it's in the commercial industry. They're in commercial houses all over the world. It's a global company. They're looking at maybe doing something similar for the backyard market. Uh, everybody wants to dip their financial fingers into the backyard market because people are buying $50 bags of mealworms and toys and treats and all this other stuff and spending their money on it. They won't take their chickens to the vet and spend 80 bucks for that, but they'll buy all these treats and things for their chickens. So um, <laughs> so we've got that up there that we're studying here on the farm. So lots of stuff going on. I'm glad you tuned in. All about molting today with our friend Dr. McRae, and we will bring her on right after this short break. So you all stay with us. Hey, during the break, get a pen and paper, a uh, spiral notebook, because you're going to want to take some notes uh, all about molting today on Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer. We will be right back. Come back. Come back, back. Come back. Come back. Come back, 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 back. Come back, 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 From our family to yours, feed your chickens the way nature intended. Pure, wholesome goodness. Kalmbach Feeds. Visit our website at kalmbachfeeds.com. That's K-A-L-M-B-A-C-H-Feeds.com. Or order today on Amazon.com. Kalmbach Feeds is a proud sponsor of the Chicken Whisperer. Sweet PDZ has been keeping horse stalls ammonia-free and healthy for nearly 33 years. However, ammonia is ammonia, regardless of the species producing it. Therefore, it will do the same great job in your chicken coops and brooders. Sweet PDZ safeguards flock health by neutralizing and eliminating harmful levels of ammonia and odors. Safe and effective moisture absorption. All-natural, non-toxic, premium-grade zeolite mineral. Contains no masking scents or chemical perfumes. Safe and beneficial to dispose with waste on compost and gardens. Learn more at SweetPDZ.com. That's SweetPDZ.com. Our slow-growing red broilers are coming from Ideal Poultry today. Ideal Poultry has been a family-owned and operated business since 1937. Their business is built on customer service and quality poultry. From rare white and brown egg layers to broilers, ducks, turkeys, and bantams, Ideal Poultry is the largest supplier of backyard poultry in the United States, shipping close to 5 million chicks annually. Visit them online at IdealPoultry.com. That's IdealPoultry.com. Hey, it's the Chicken Whisperer. If you're in the market for a new incubator, then look no further than GQF. They have a great selection of tabletop and cabinet-style incubators at prices you can afford. I love my GQF Genesis Model 1588. It has a large picture window and an automatic thermostat, which makes for a better hatch every time. Go pick out your new incubator at GQFradio.com. That's GQFradio.com. I'm about to say something that may shock you. 
there's a chance the mealworm treats you're feeding your chickens are doing them more harm than good. Most of the mealworms sold in the U.S. are hollow and empty because of how they're processed, leaving them with little or no nutritional value. The problem is chickens love healthy insects like mealworms, but there hasn't been a way to get access to them in large quantities. Until now. The only mealworm company I endorse is The Honest Worm because of the way they raise and process their mealworms. Now, they've set aside some bags only for my listeners to try for free. Just cover the cost of shipping and handling. Head on over to freemealworms.com. That's freemealworms.com. If you don't see sold out at the top of the page, that means there's still some bags left, but only for a limited time. Go to freemealworms.com and get your free bag today. Hey, it's the Chicken Whisperer here to tell you that if you have backyard poultry, nothing is more important than making sure your feathered friends are safe from infectious poultry diseases. Learn the simple steps to keep your birds healthy by visiting this website, healthybirds.aphis.usda.gov. That's healthybirds.aphis.usda.gov. A message from the USDA. And the mighty bird against prejudice continues his fight for law and order. So when you hear that cry in the sky... You'll know it's Super Chicken. All righty. Thank you very much for staying with us today on Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer. Today we're talking all about molting. Today's guest is poultry scientist and microbiologist, Dr. Bridget McRae. Dr. McRae, thanks for coming on the show today. We appreciate you. Hello, hello. You know, I said I feel like Dr. Uh, an, an invitation, Dr. McRae, but, you know, I've never seen you in a lab coat. So I talked about putting on my lab coat and yeah. coming on the farm and doing some more testing, but I've never seen you in a lab coat. But, um, you know, I just thought about that. So um, I just but, uh, uncracked my lab coat. Nice. Still cracks me up My lab coat's been in storage for a while. So, yeah, yeah I just found move. it. Exactly. Yeah. Um no, it's time for a new one, I think. I found some cute chicken buttons out there and, you know, got to pop ah. those on there. Because otherwise guys steal your lab coat because when you're my size, guys <laughs> like to steal your lab coat. But chicken buttons, you know, that thwarts them. Yeah, <laughs> cute chicken buttons and some maybe some egg embroidery, nice egg embroidery on it. And there you go. <laughs> I don't think I'll go that far because lab coats are meant for work. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Hey, congratulations on your chicks heading heading your way, winging their way towards you as small as yeah, their wings are. They, sh- they should be here pretty close to when we end the show, or even before. And uh, so after the show, what, folks, what breeds are you in, getting? Um, today we're getting the red broilers, uh, red broilers from oh. Ideal. Um, out in Cameron, Texas, so a slower-growing meat bird. Um, I think the literature says 10 weeks, 
but we're going to, I think I'm shooting for 11 and 12, 11 to 12, because again, we're not going to be feeding at 3 a.m. and turning the lights on on them and all that stuff. Just, just I'm going to try to do exactly what we did with the Cornish cross so people can see, um, again, how long it takes. You know, we could have processed these Cornish crosses seven weeks easy, but we wanted to have you, your involvement in that. So we waited till week eight. And then, uh, so we really like you times, they were roasters, not broilers. I got to, I started, you know, yeah. learn something all the time. I've started saying that too. In fact, I mentioned that I think earlier on, on the show before you uh, dialed in. So uh, yeah, and then I got the Bovins Brown coming maybe next week. Fifty more layers, and um, of course they'll be in the brooder for for a while. But I'm thinking uh, I know we moved the Cornish out to the meat coop uh, at, right at three weeks, and uh, we'll see if these slower growers are ready to go out there at three weeks, or we'll wait a little bit longer. I'm going to have to talk so, uh, to you very seriously about uh, a secret slow-growing red bird that I worked with long ago for my master's degree. Hardly anybody's wow. ever heard of them. But uh, hmm. after the show, I'm going to have... And, and they're truly, truly, you know, a a, um, a broiler, but um, from the Cornish stock, so that extra large breast muscle and this person's been working with us since like the 30s or something like that oh my goodness i thought yeah i thought he was gonna lose his farm due to fire a couple of times but i mean yeah i mean well we'll talk later but uh, somebody needs to acquire those genetics because they're amazing (laughs) i um i was over in the chat room and, and lisa pedro's over there and um uh, what, oh, what is she, um, is, is it still in here? Did she move it? Oh, no, she messaged me, I think, or posted on my Facebook this morning. And she remembers because she listens to all the shows. But uh, a few months back, we were talking about, I think, raising turkeys, or it maybe had come up. And uh, you said, you know, Andy, it's a little, it's, it's, it's really too late for Thanksgiving. And if you can even find them, and then it's, still maybe cutting it close for Christmas. And, of course, then we got turkey lurkey uh, out in the front. And then I pulled the trail cameras last night, and I posted. And, uh, oh, my gosh, we must be up. And Lisa Pedro had mentioned, it says, uh, and just think, a few months ago, you were worried about having turkey for Thanksgiving. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Yeah, well, I don't think I have to worry about that. But I think think you can only take during uh, hunting season turkey. I think it's three is the maximum. Here in Georgia. Well, just, how just many three. do you need? <laughs> yeah, I know you got a freezer, freezer right? and everything. Build a freezer, but I know. Seriously, but unless you're going to smoke it. Ooh, that sounds good. And fry oh, it. Oh, yeah. It. Have you ever had smoked chicken? Oh, they're taking apart the, the big smoker oh, that went in when I was a student a here. Hey, guess what? Hey, I didn't know. My wife just went to the post office to get them. That's, yes. Okay, I'll call him. Hey, that, the chicks are here, Dr. McCray. Hey! Did I did the, the post office the deliver them? Like, they did. <gasps> it, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate it. So she, I, I, I'm surprised. The gate's open then, or did you open the gate? Yeah, okay. <laughs> We're lucky because she normally closes the gate, obviously, behind us when we leave. And uh, but yes, yeah, you took off maybe ten minutes ago. So, uh, hey, thank you so much. I appreciate it. That was really crazy because you know we've got the gate up at the driveway. That gate would have been I hear closed. Him. And, oh, you hear, hear? Can you hear him? Oh, I hear the screamer. 
The miles they have traveled. I know it all the way from Cameron, Texas. I just snapped this this uh, snapped the seal on them, and I'm gonna open them up here real quick. Is your brooder all prepped and ready to go? It's ready. We did that yesterday. We've got one, two. They're so cute. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Looks like we've got fifteen. All wonderful. Oh wow! And Yep, they are awesome. They're like, who are you? <laughs> They're like, Daddy Mama, feed us. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So this is interesting. I guess I'm going to try to text my wife while uh, we talk about molting and say, hey, the chicks are here. That's crazy because uh, this morning she said, oh, I'll call you when they arrive. Don't worry about it, Mr. Schneider. I'm like, okay. And then I heard a faint knocking on the door. I'm like, I know that's not them. And I looked out, and the, post, the postcard, and he said, and he was really cool. He's like, this was my first stop or whatever. He's like, I knew I had to get them to you because it's so hot. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. That's freaky. So, because uh, I was ready to go, and, and obviously Jen went to go get them. So, um, anyway, so I digress. Let's go ahead. I got baby chicks now. There are 15 of them, and when we're done, they're going in the brooder. But let's talk about molting um, because it is a natural process that the birds go through for thousands of years. Um, but uh, we kind of want to know why this happens. Is it light related? Is it temperature related? All this for the newbies. Um, and then if we really have to do anything, if there's things we need to be concerned yeah. with, um, sure. just all just general overview. Okay. Well, let's get into it, folks. If you have heard this before, um, you, more than likely you've had chickens for probably at least one molt cycle, and so this will seem like old hat to you. But that doesn't mean that you don't have to be a little more curious about what's going on with the birds. So for those of you for, for whom this is new information, um, all birds molt. Um, molting is when they uh, replenish or replace their feathers. There's different kinds of molting. For your chickens, there are several molts that take place from the time they arrive in the mail and our baby chicks covered in what we call natal down. They molt about seven times before they reach their final set of feathers that they'll keep on their bodies for the better part of a year, if not a little bit more if they're really good laying hens or roosters, whatever you got in that box that you get from your hatchery. But those are specialized molts. Other birds do, uh, like, say, breeding plumage molts. You may notice that male ducks will drop certain feathers and replace them with uh, feathers on their wings that are particular to their strain or whatever species they are. Uh, another good example would be those long feathered plumes on the the heads of, say, egrets during the breeding season. And so those are used for attracting mates or showing how healthy the animals are so that they can actually be selected by the opposite sex for mm-hmm. breeding or pairing off. Now, chickens use the exact same set of skills. They've got eyeballs. They know how to use them. So when they, when a hen is evaluating a male for his quality, she's using her eyes. She's using her ears. 
she listens to what he sounds like, how healthy he sounds when he crows. But he's all, she's also taking a look at his feathers, um, looking at the size of his comb. And when she's looking at his feathers, she's paying particular attention to the feathers around his head and neck, mostly. But, um, you know, he doesn't necessarily grow in specific feathers for breeding season. Chickens, once they're done growing up and they have their final set of feathers placed all over their body, they're going to stick with those feathers for a year or so. And the better the laying hen, the less likely she is to drop and replace her feathers because a hen that is molting or replacing her feathers with new fresh ones is going to stop laying. So your better hens look crummy. That means that they're going to lay and 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 lay lay some more. But eventually all birds have to stop once a year or thereabouts and replace their feathers. Now, for those of you who are working with your chickens for the first time, that final set of feathers is going to be on your chickens when they're about six months old. It's about a year from then that they may stop and molt. So that depends on whenever they were hatched and how, you know, whatever time of year they are when they become uh, about a year out. So what... Some people say, oh, my chickens always molt in the summer. Well, no, mine always molt in the winter. Well, you know, when were they hatched? Uh, You know, are they really good layers? There's a lot of different factors to consider and think about when it comes to making those kinds of statements. So if you're for certain that, you know, your lavender Orpingtons only molt in the fall, well, that may be just you and how you run things at your farm. That may not apply to everyone else. So when you have to to take a look at your hens for molting, you can actually have some control over the process. A lot of people like to let nature take its course. I say, great, fine. But it is sure a pain in the rear if they are in the middle of winter molting themselves. You, as their manager, as the hotel manager, (laughs) have done (laughs) something that has caused them to molt at a really inopportune time. Um, So for your hens to be, you know, walking around sans feathers when it's pretty cold adds an extra bit of stress to their bodies that they don't need. So if you're going to assist your hens, uh, you can actually, well, take control of the situation. Order your chicks in the spring so that they will hopefully molt in the fall before winter. Um, You know what I really wish is that the same feeds that the commercial industry uses were available to the um, backyarders uh, used to be when you asked your your hens to molt in the commercial industry, they would shut off the light, shut off the food, and shut off the water and come back a week later. If they lived, they lived. If they died, they died. 
we don't do that anymore. Thank goodness. Um, water is always made available, and so should you. There's no reason why you can't always have water in front of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, light. If you reduce the light, that can help throw them into a molt. But you've got to have really good management of your coop to have that kind of control. Even a little crack of light between the cracks in a in a corner could be enough to keep them from molting. So that's something for you to also consider. You see all the cracks and light sources, and you can turn the lights off. But you know what the industry has done that's really smart, and it works. And I wish our folks had access to this feed. Is they they keep food in front of the chickens at all times, but it's just light on the nutrients that they need to keep egg laying. So they're always able to eat. They're always able to drink. The lighting is reduced to short days. And they, the food that they eat is just less nutrient-dense. And so the chickens are like, hmm, okay. We've gone on to short days now, and Mother Nature does that. She's doing it right now. We're on shorter days. Um, Days are getting down to about, oh, eight hours of light, 16 hours of dark. But, you know, the hen starts to eat the diet, and it's like, ah, it's not doing it for me. I think I'm just going to give up egg laying, and I'll I'll start refilling my reserves and, and replenish the feathers. So molting really has three things that are going on for the hen's body. Number one, she stops making eggs. And she can take those reserves that she was formally putting into making those wonderful high-quality eggs that we all enjoy and, you know, that you sold eight dozen of last week or earlier this week. Uh, She starts to take those and apply them to herself. It's, it's, um, It's spa time, if you want to think about it. She's going to make herself look pretty. She's going to put her new duds on. But she's also going to to go within herself and strengthen her inner self. She's going to add more calcium to her bones. She's going to put on some fat reserves because a little bit of fat on a hen is, is okay. And fat isn't necessarily bad on a hen. There's fat that does good things for the body, like it um, coats the neurons that go between cells and helps conduct pathways for brain function and nerve function. Um, It also has different functions related to applying vitamins throughout the body for cell repair and maintenance. It allows her to kind of replenish some of those physiological aspects. So if you think about it, molting is a bummer for you, the flock owner, because you're going to get a seriously reduced, if not hopefully completely stopped, egg production. But for her, that's her me time. And a lot of people want to make that extra special for the hen. Well, honestly, she doesn't need it. Feed her her regular diet. And she, if she's going to molt, when she's going to molt, just give her her regular diet because that contains all of the ingredients she needs as far as minerals and vitamins and 
those are the things that she's been using up. And you want to make sure that the diet you feed her is a balanced diet. Unless you're you're doing one of those forced malt diets, which backyard flock owners don't have access to. Um, not that I'm aware of. But, boy, that would be a customization that I think folks would have to really take a look at. And, and we would have to educate uh-huh. people how to do that properly. Because you can't just keep them on that for long. you got to start them back on. and. If you put them on that molting diet with the restricted um, dietary intake as far as nutrients, then you got to ease them back to a more nutritious diet. So it could be an entire program over the course of four to eight weeks, something like that, for the hens to be on this, this spa regimen. A lot of people want to say, well, don't I need to give her extra vitamins then? Well, no. Everything's already in the regular old laying hen diet that you've got them on. Don't worry about it. Um, Aren't there some negatives there are, too? There's some concerns with giving too much protein to a bird? Yeah. Yeah. If you over give too much protein to a chicken, you can hurt their kidneys. And a lot of people, oh, I do not know where this comes from. Actually, I suspect it comes from like old wives' tales or, um, you know, cockers who who saw other cockers do this, and it just kind of spread to the backyard community. It's giving them cat food. Mm-hmm. Oh, for heaven's sake! That is not what you need to be giving your hen when she needs to be on a balanced diet. Cat food is not designed for a chicken. If you read that stuff on a blog or you read that stuff on a forum, you need to be highly suspect of what that person's real motives are as far as sharing that information. They probably just wanted the attention or contribute something so that maybe it initiated a response. But now, if, let me be you guys are in the here. know. Yeah. Let me be devil's advocate because this is something else I hear uh, on that same blog and forum when they when whoever talks about oh I give mine cat food or I heard giving cat food or you should give them cat food to increase their protein and da 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 and then um, you, know, you will always below that see someone will speak up and say well I'm not into all that but what you should really do is feed them here we go um, because it's designed for poultry now game bird starter to increase their, so so now, now because people say, don't give them a cat food, give them a food that is designed for poultry, and give them game bird starter, or go ahead and give them a, put them back on a grower feed, so higher protein, but um, and but then they're losing the calcium, of course, but, uh, right. or maybe even Which starter, but I hear game. desperately at that stage right, yes, of their. So, but, <laughs> so I hear that oftentimes under that same uh, thread, uh, when someone says cat food, they're like, no, I'll give mine game bird starter or I'll give them a grower or I'll give them a chick starter to increase their protein. But, again, like we just talked about, you'll reduce that um, calcium, which they just said they desperately need. So I'm so glad you mentioned that about cat food because it drives me crazy. <laughs> yeah, crazy. folks, you have to understand poultry nutritionists, are being paid to design this feed. And then we know more about the diet of a chicken than any other species mm-hmm. on, on planet Earth. So for you to mm-hmm. go throw 
cat food in front of your chickens, what do you think you're doing? <laughs> Seriously, the thought that, oh, well, feathers are made of protein, so I need to give my chickens something that they like and is yes, has a higher yes. level of protein. Well, don't do it, please. <laughs> Consult your local poultry extension nutritionist before you do something like that. Um I mean, treats and snacks is one thing, but to to relegate them to that, that, chickens don't always show good sense and stop when they need to stop. Because remember, they first and foremost have to meet eat to meet their energy needs. And, you know, that doesn't always match the protein that's in the food that you give them. And so you can be really throwing them for a loop. They always eat to meet their energy needs first. So if what you're giving them has the wrong mix of amino acids in it, then you're not doing your chicken any favor. The amino, the amino acid mixture that is in a cat food does not necessarily match the needs of a molting laying hen. I don't so even know in cat get food off that soapbox um, and the the two biggies um, that I don't even know is in cat food is what uh, there's a uh, Methionine and lyce is it lysine? Is it pronounced lysine? Lysine methionine and methionine lysine, are the are the top two crucial. Uh, first limiting, yeah, crucial. yeah, they're limiting amino acids. The the first and second limiting amino acids, and you know if hey maybe cat food's got tons of that, but the rest of the diet's missing some of the others. I mean. Gotcha. <laughs> Okay. Unless cool. you've I'm got you a degree that. in poultry nutrition, I would say you don't know what you're doing. Be but careful. But it worked for me. It worked for oh. me. Yeah. <laughs> it worked for Great. me. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh. oh, and also I wanted to comment. You were talking about the hen earlier and plumage and, and looking at the rooster and, and looking at the feathers and how the rooster's built. In my backyard, that hen ain't got no choice. <laughs> yeah. It's like, wait a minute. It looks like it's the total opposite here. He's like, you're mine. Here we go. Thank you, ma'am. Who's next? And she's like, I didn't even have time to look at your feathers, dude. <laughs> so I got a kick out of that. We were talking about kind of the methodical, you know, looking at the feathers and then all this stuff. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. That doesn't well, happen here. <laughs> Andy. When Turkey Lurkey is walking around out there, and he's the only male in town, yeah. But, you know, those wild turkeys have choices, you know. Yeah, that they may not go for Turkey Lurkey. I can see that. <laughs> and that I, I don't think I've shared this story. I shared it with you when you were here. But when Turkey Lurkey, we first got him, and he, he said, I'm, I'm enough of this, I guess, you know, before he found out he's got a good solid food source here, he wandered off into the woods. And so we kind of said, okay, we'll just let him sow his oats, if you will, and, and if that makes him happy, great. And uh, I think two days later we found him down by the creek, and he had his three hens to get. He, he had all in two days, that little rascal. We walk back there, and three wild hens kind of run off as we get back there, and we get him back and, and you know coax him back up here and everything. But, but yeah, he uh, he definitely worked his magic. 
Well, didn't you put him in his turkey harness and just walk him back up? <laughs> no, no, we got. I mean, come on, Annie. You are the chicken. Well, and, <laughs> yeah. That's a, yeah. You're not turkey, the turkey yeah, whisperer. So. You are the I'm chicken not, whisperer. No. The, f- the four of us <laughs> kind of walk behind him and corral back into our front pasture. And he's been there ever since because he's found out that uh, he can get a good, nice, steady supply of feed there. And so now, now we've got <laughs> him water. where we yeah. walk out in water. We walk outside, and here he comes running like everybody else. <laughs> oh God! He's learned. So, uh, mm-hmm. before I get back to to talking more about molting, huh? How long are you going to be growing your your, your red boilers? If you get them um, today, the, how many the, weeks do they say to grow them to? The, the the material that comes with them, or when I was doing my research, it said ten weeks. But I'm in my mind, because always, even with the uh, Cornish cross, I was like, in my mind, my goal is six and a half to seven pounds at, I think, seven or eight weeks. Now, these, I think, the literature behind Those will be red roasters, not red broilers. Yeah, it recommends at 10 weeks, and then I'm thinking in my mind, 11 or 12. So I'm going to process it either week 11 or week 12, and I'm still shooting for a six and a half to seven pounds. So maybe we'll go roaster at that point as well. Wow. Yeah, you might want to get that done before. That'll take you right up to uh, December. December, yeah. It's going to be cold. December 8th, 8th, um, I think we put down the date for processing right now on the calendar, December 8th, because we're having the Trail Life, uh, Caleb's uh, Trail Life Club come and do kind of like what we did with the homeschoolers and 4-H and whatnot. So, um, yeah, so explain wh- wh- while you're there, educational, explain to our listeners um, the weight, if, if I'm calling it a broiler, we're looking at a particular weight range versus a roaster, which is a particular weight range. Yeah, if members. it's under, if it's like two to six pounds, then it's a, a broiler. If it's under two pounds, we call it a Cornish cross. If it's over six pounds, Cornish. it's a roaster. Gotcha. So, um, or no, um, Cornish game hen. Sorry, not Cornish cross. Cornish yeah. game hen. Um, uh, but yeah, you'll be having red roasters if they're over six pounds. But, That's what I'm you know, looking for. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm looking the, for. Hey, um, before. Before we get back to molting, though, let me take a break since we digressed and talked about okay. a bunch of other stuff. And then uh, let me do that. We'll come back. We'll finish up with the molting and, and anything else that we want to share with our listeners today. If you're just tuning in, we're talking all about molting with poultry scientist and microbiologist Dr. Bridget McRae. And we'll be back right after this short break. When you need an incubator, think Brincy, the incubation specialists. Brincy has been a world-leading manufacturer of quality incubators for almost 40 years. They manufacture incubators that hold anywhere from 7 to 380 eggs with high-quality electronic and digital controls, including precise humidity controls and programmable egg turning, all at surprisingly affordable prices. Enter the coupon code WHISPER at checkout and receive 10% off your entire order. Order your new incubator today at Brincy.com. That's B-R-I-N-S-E-A.com. Cackle Hatchery is a third-generation, family-owned and operated hatchery. They offer over 193 varieties of poultry shipped directly from their facility in Missouri. 
It's their mission to enhance your life by providing you with quality poultry for showing, meat, enjoyment, eggs, and pets. They specialize in hatching purebred poultry and shipping day-old chicks right to your local post office since 1936. 4-H and FFA Youth Poultry Clubs get a 10% discount. Check out their website, CackleHatchery.com, for posted weekly specials and discounts. That's CackleHatchery.com. Metzer Farms is now hatching and shipping the premier egg layer. This girl is consistently laying jumbo eggs with a higher nutrient density and lower water content than your eggs now. She is an extremely hardy bird and the most heat and cold tolerant egg layer available, allowing for year-round outdoor production. An eggshell unmatched in sturdiness and thickness, making cracks a thing of the past. Increase your health and double your egg profits. Of course, we're talking about ducks. Duck eggs are revered by chefs for their succulent flavor and by bakers for being the better baking egg. Learn more about this extraordinary duck, the Golden 300, or any of our other 35-plus breeds of ducks and geese at MetzerFarms.com and order your next flock from us. At Kambach Feeds, our layer pellets and crumbles are all-natural, antibiotic-free with no animal byproducts. Formulated just for laying hens, our feed is fortified with essential amino acids and calcium to ensure maximum production of nutritious, tasty, strong-shelled eggs. From our family to yours, feed your hens the way nature intended. Pure, wholesome, goodness. Kalmbach Feeds. Find a dealer at KalmbachFeeds.com. That's K-A-L-M-B-A-C-H, Feeds.com. Or order your layer pellets and crumples today on Amazon.com. Kalmbach Feeds is a proud sponsor of the Chicken Whisperer. Since 1921, Stromberg's has been a family-owned and operated business providing quality poultry and poultry supplies to their customers. Today, the Stromberg's family offers over 200 different breeds of poultry, including chickens, waterfowl, and game birds. They also offer poultry supplies for both the beginner and experienced poultry keeper. Stromberg should be on the top of your list when it's time to order your new day-old baby chicks and poultry supplies. Order online today at StrombergsChickens.com. That's StrombergsChickens.com. Okay, um, welcome back. Thank you very much for staying with us. Hopefully you're taking some grand notes during today's show all about molting. And um, let me see here. I really haven't done this um, yet this season. So let me go ahead and um, let me go ahead and do this. Just a public service announcement here, folks. You know, we do one for the USDA Biosecurity for Birds program. So let me go ahead and do this public service announcement just in case you really weren't aware. But right now, as we're broadcasting, there's 95 days, 9 hours, 7 hours, 7 minutes. Again, that's 95 days, 9 hours, 7 minutes, and 52 seconds, 52 seconds until Christmas.
folks, you, you heard it here first. 95 days until Christmas. This is the first time we've done that this season. And I know Dr. McRae just loves that. So uh, I had to do the first, first time this season. Yes. Did you not hear me on, on hold saying no, no, no? <laughs> Let me tell you why I did that. I was begging yesterday. you not to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hey, yesterday I was in track high, okay? And guess what? I, they're they're like the whole center of the store. It's like empty. And I'm like, what are y'all doing? What are y'all getting? He says Christmas. I said, you have got to be kidding me. <laughs> It's like September 20th. Yep. They said, we've got to be ready and set up for Christmas by October 1st. It used to be October 30th or 31st, but now it's October 1st. They were literally cleaning shelves, cleaning space out for Christmas, their whole Christmas display for October the 1st. Okay, Andy, I'm laying down the law, man. 2018 (laughs) is going to be different. You better listen up to what? 2018 is going to be different. It's going to be different. I am laying it down. You are not permitted to play that song until (laughs) after Halloween. (laughs) But I will permit you to play that song (laughs) once in October. Just once in October. Okay. Now that song, so I can't play that song, which is Jingle Bells. No, no. No, no, the Christmas. No, no, no. No, 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 you don't like me, I'm not coming on anymore. <laughs> okay, one time in October, I'm going to hold you to that, one time in October, I'll play it, but once and November 1st gets here. after Halloween. Okay, and then, and then November 1st, it is, it is, it is on, because I've got seven or eight Well, that's when people fucking... need to start thinking about, you know, what's put into that coop stocking, you know? Yeah, exactly. Hey, I we used to do a pretty good show, remember, on on stuff yeah. to get for Christmas. Maybe I should get to work Every on that year. again this year. Every year. We're huh. going to do it again this year. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Huh. All right. Okay. We'll work on that in early early November. So, folks, if you've got new products out there, what? Get a hold of me. All right. Yeah. So, let's talk about molting. Chickens molt for a lot of different reasons. But the normal reason is for their annual replenishment. But they can molt if they're sick, if they've got internal parasites, if it's excessively cold. Can you believe it? If it's too cold, your chickens can get stressed and start molting. So if your chickens are molting in the middle of winter, you need to be checking out your management system there and, you know, you might be uh, affecting the welfare of your birds. A lot of your listeners, Andy, they want to be sure that their chickens are treated like the the, the laying hen lovelies that they are. Royalty. And, Royalty. Yeah, yes. And if you're not doing as good a job as folks in commercial industry, what are you doing? So heat waves can also lead to um, molting or partial molts. Um, if your feed has turned or gone bad, if you've got an old bag of feed and you're trying to hurry up and use it, maybe it's gone rancid. If your feed supply is irregular, if you are not feeding the right things all the time, they're going to go into a molt. Um, 
if your chicken is really low on the pecking order, like she's last on the totem pole, she's probably going to molt first or more, molt more frequently. Um, you might have to shake things up in the coop periodically and take your top hen out for a week or so and then put her back in and see if the chickens don't reassort themselves. There are specialized molts, like um, when a hen goes broody, she'll lose the feathers on the front of her breast so that she can put the eggs in contact with the warmth of her skin. Um, overcrowding, moving them to a new coop, water deprivation. Um, if you if you have something that scares the birds, um, children, predators, um, you know, if they're constantly being harried by a hawk or something like that, um, if it's if they can't get to the food and water because you don't have enough food and water space, somebody's missing out. Um, sometimes they'll go into a molt after you vaccinate them, but a lot of times, yep, a lot of times, um, you you need to pick up the birds, see if they've lost a lot of weight. Um, then get them to a vet uh, if that's the case because you don't know if it's internal parasites or maybe it's bacterial or viral or something. Um, this time of year, you should start to see your chickens respond to the decreasing day length, which means they'll go out of lay, maybe molt. Um, but there's all these factors that folks just don't really give much thought to. Um, but if your chickens are not molting at the most opportune time of the year, you can affect change. <clears throat> now let's talk about the actual molting process on the birds. Not all hens molt in the same, well, same time of year, but they tend to molt in the same order. And it kind of goes from the beak to the vent, okay. if you think about okay. it that way. So starting on the head and neck, you're not necessarily going to recognize those tiny little feathers right up next to the head when they start to lose those. Um, what you're more likely to notice is when that new feather fall comes in, it's going to be wrapped in a, a papery whitish um, follicle that you can kind of just take your fingernail and, and rub that off, and that helps the, the new feathers to unfurl. You don't ever want to pull those off the birds or try to pull on a new feather. That can actually hurt the birds. But after the head and the neck um, start to molt, and yes, there are sections of the bird that do not have feathers on it, particularly underneath the wings and on, certain, on kind of the sides of the body. Um, there are also sections that don't have feathers a uh, couple of feather tracks along the the back as well, but after the head, <clears throat> excuse me, the head and the feathers molt. Um, that's actually the neck feathers. The, when you start to spot that, then you'll know. Okay, um, you know you want to see those feathers on the ground. Quite honestly, because if your chickens are snatching those up and eating them, that's a different management issue. That's a, a diet problem. Um, next, after the feathers are lost on the head and the neck, then it's going to go along the back of the bird. Um, and so that's usually when most people recognize it. 
sometimes they like to pet their chickens and then, you know, they'll just be petting their chickens and feathers come out in their hands. And I, I had one hen <laughs> that would do what we called explode a mole. Um, she would get the job done in a month. Uh, you didn't necessarily see her molt, her crest feathers. That actually kind of um, molted rather gradually, but her neck was very rapidly followed by her back feathers. And I could just run my fingers through her back feathers and like you know, 10, 15 feathers would come out every day. Um, <laughs> and and it's, you know, it's not that I was pulling them out. I was just brushing my hand over there and there they are on the ground. Uh, <laughs> if you have had a problem with external parasites, um, you may want to um, blow those feathers out of the coop. There could be nits attached to those um, molted feathers and you don't want those feathers to stick around and perhaps infect the nice new feathers growing in on your chickens. Um, mm-hmm. So after the back, then usually you'll see the breast feathers and the abdomen, um, the up high on the thigh, those body feathers will, will, um, will go. And, you know, at the same time, you're going to see the hen's eggs get smaller, less frequent. Maybe the shell starts to look a little wonky or thin. Um, and really, when um, you know your really good layers may keep laying all the way up until the time that you see the wing feathers begin to drop, because that comes next. When we're assessing whether or not to keep or cull a good um, laying hen for the 4-H poultry judging contest, we look specifically at the uh, wing feathers, um, mostly the primary feathers. Did you know that if you were to open up the feathers on the wing, you've got the primary feathers which tuck up underneath the secondary feathers, secondary feathers you see when the wing is closed. But when you spread that wing out, you'll see that there's a tiny little feather between the primary feathers and the secondary feathers. That's called the axial feather. And if you were to count the feathers on the primaries from that axial feather all the way out to the the tip of the wing, you're going to have 10 primary feathers. And they will start to lose their feathers from the axial feather all the way out to the tip in in that very specific order. and it's the same with the secondary feathers, too. They kind of move from closer to the body out towards the, the tip of the wing with the secondary feathers. And there's more feathers there. There's closer to uh, 13 or 14 feathers there. Uh, but so they do lose those feathers in a specific order. And when they start to drop those wing feathers, um, then you're going to start to see egg-laying feasts. The tail is last, the most obvious thing to say, but, yes, the tail is also last (laughs) when it comes to molting the feathers. (laughs) Um, So she should be pretty much done by the time you see uh, the tail feathers drop. Um, So, you you know, think about it. You know, some people like to pick up the feathers and keep them in in some sort of container inside the coop or something like that. That's a lot of fun. That's great, but I would just make sure that there aren't any external parasites on those feathers when you go to save them. Um, 
you know, take those feathers to the compost pile if you do see or have had a problem recently with external parasites and try again next year to keep those feathers. Uh, it takes several weeks for a new feather to come in. Um, you know, the the new quill pushes the old feather out. And it takes about, well, a month and a half to make a new feather. So the process takes time. And the more time that a hen is, uh, you know, exposed to the weather conditions, um, at that time you want to keep them on a balanced diet as much as possible, um, avoiding any distractions that could kind of slow down that process. Um, you know, if you want to, you can actually go through and, and kind of help the new feathers unfurl by um, moving your fingers through those those um, feathers that are coming out of the follicle and, and removing that skin, that sheath that covers up the, the feather, and then it can kind of unfurl. The chickens that have beards and crests are going to have a harder time removing that little um, papery outer covering. And so if you want to, you can give them a helping hand there. Um, They may appreciate it. And at the same time, you just need to be checking, you know, for external parasites and and making sure that uh, the birds are in healthy condition by the time they finish their molting up. And then they should start the process anew as long as the day length is longer than 14 hours, they should continue laying for you. And uh, depending on what time of year your chicken goes through a molt, you might see some smaller eggs come out of her as her body gears up again for that process of egg laying. And then, you know, so maybe some wonky eggshells, and then she'll go back to laying her normal eggs. May not get as many eggs out of her for as long as you did the first year, but more than likely that second um, cycle that she's in, she will lay for you larger eggs. So, so, yeah, yeah. So see if you don't notice that, you know, weigh some of your eggs um, for Facebook Live, Andy. Every week take a a dozen eggs and and weigh them individually, and you'll see that as your, your eggs, your hens grow older, your egg size should increase, although, you know, as they get closer to molt, they may decrease in number. There you have it. I'm molting in a nutshell. That's awesome. Now, next time you do the best eggs in Alabama thing, I'm sending you a dozen eggs to get tested. Um, no, I can't participate. <laughs> <I'm next laughs> yeah, have you watched my nine it. videos? Are you up to snuff, Andy? <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Sounds like a challenge. I will gladly assess your eggs for you any time <laughs> of the year. I've got my kit handy-dandy right here. I can, can crack those <laughs> eggs open and assess them for you if you want to send them now or if you want to wait till next year. Sounds like a plan. Okay, cool. I'll, just, I'll wait till next year when they're all the others are getting. So, hey, guess what? You'll be very proud of Caleb. Uh, most listeners know he's seven. And uh, I saw them coming down the driveway, so they they got they you know they know they're no stranger to baby chicks. But he ran up. To, in fact, they're actually mom pulled out their journals so they can write about it. You know, homeschool. Um, but he identified the egg tooth on one of the baby oh! chicks. 
Hey, did he take a picture of it? I probably will if it's still over there on that and they didn't take it off. But, um, yeah, he did. He said, look. So he he identified the egg tooth <laughs> on the <end. laughs> That's cool. Good job, Caleb. Yeah. So, of course, mom sees the opportunity being the uh, former teacher and now homeschool teacher and says, ah, journals, journals, journals. Okay, here we go. We're going to write our journals about our, our day today. <laughs> Caleb's like, oh, mom. <laughs> what he needs to do is see if he can't take a piece of tape and tape that egg tooth into his journal and then when they start to lose their baby down the baby chick down right. he can take one of those feathers and tape it into his journal that's a great idea i'm gonna go tell him that as soon as i get off the uh off the show that's awesome well all about molting thank <laughs> you so much uh, thank you so much for clarifying that up about the cat food and, and that type of thing and the day. Laying pellets yesterday, laying pellets today, laying pellets tomorrow, and um, that's what we do around here anyway. You'll be so good I'm to go. That reassurance. So, hey, thank you so much, and, hey, head, get back to work. And, hey, have a good weekend. Friday is upon us. And are you are you ready real quick? Are you ready for the cooler temperatures? I it saw, isn't like, Friday. Next... Today's Thursday. No. Mars Friday, so but, but get you know. Hope you have a great weekend. But also, um, <laughs> like next week, uh, it's supposed to be like a high of seventy four. L- late next week, high of seventy four. Maybe and I saw, where you're uh, at. Not a, oh yeah, you are a little bit further south towards the yeah. So uh, I think next Monday, not not this coming Monday, but like like seven days out from now, um, that weekend is going to be very cool. High of seventy four, low of like fifty seven. I'm really. I'm really looking forward to that. So, anywho, thanks for joining <laughs> us today, scientist uh, Dr. McRae, talking all about molting, and we'll see you next time. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. All righty, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hey, um, probably in the next, eh, give us a little bit of time, maybe in the next 15 to 20 minutes, we'll be going live outside at the Bruder, the awesome three-level, three-heaters, three-level uh, I call it the triple threat, um, GQF Universal Bridger Box. We've got these 15 meat birds. They're just going to be using the top one because i got 50 Bovins Brown uh, chicks that are coming in probably next week, so i got to keep two of the levels empty for them. And then, uh, But these guys are going up top, and we're going to document everything, dipping the beaks in the water, dipping the beaks in the feed, showing you the sweet peas that we put down on that uh, special um, – uh, what do you call it, the sheet, the liner, if you will, that goes on. It's, it's just an awesome, awesome brooder. So, uh, hey, in about 15 or 20 minutes when we go live on Facebook, join us, and you'll see these little uh, fluffy butts, we call them, uh, here on the homestead. So, again, thank you very much for tuning in. Hope you learned something about molting today, and we'll see you next week, next Thursday, 2 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, right here on Blog Talk Radio. See you next time. <laughs> Thank you.